Welcome back to another episode of Be Beautiful Adaptive Warrior. I'm your host, Angie Huser. It is time once again to unleash the warrior within you. Are you ready? Back again. I just published last week's episode because last week I was up in Williams, Arizona, enjoying a wonderful week uh, with our high school students, getting to serve them and help the staff out and letting them have time together to come together in fellowship and, and just enjoying each other's company. But last week when I discussed phantom pains, I thought what better place than the beauty of the northern woods of Arizona? Cooler weather, um, yes, 85s, but not our 100 plus that we're having down here in the valley. And when I tried to upload it last week, it did not want to go all the way through. So it wasn't until yesterday that I put out um, last week's episode, but I didn't want to miss a chance to also talk about phantom pains once again this week. They are real, and I really wanted to delve right into it. Um, I'm hoping that this one won't go as long as my past ones. I know I can talk with the best of them. Um, this is the teacher in me. I used to teach middle school. And uh, yeah, I can talk anybody hands down. It's a family trait. Anyway, if you caught last week's, or maybe you didn't, uh, that's okay. If you get a chance to look at the YouTube video, you want to see it because it is beautiful up there where I was at. Um, if you've never seen that part of Arizona, we are not all desert. Contrary to most people's belief, we are not all hot, dry heat with uh, swarrow cactuses everywhere. We do have a very large forest. We have cooler weather and we do have skiing. And that's only about an hour and a half, two hours away from us here in Phoenix. So there is other parts of Arizona than um, hot and dry. But what I wanted to talk about was that last week, this week, when I discussed phantom pains, um, they are so real. But the hard part, and I was trying to explain this, and that was the best part. I think I love going up to these camps at Young Life because after we're done serving as parents and volunteering our time, there is little segments of time throughout the day that we are not doing any serving or anything and we have time just to commune and be with each other. And you get to know people's stories. And of course, you see me with my prosthetic, and it usually um, inspires the question, so can I ask what happened? And I love telling my story um, because I just believe there's lessons to be learned from everybody. And quite frankly, I was not put through this to hide my story, but to show people um how you can persevere through the worst of things. And quite frankly, I wouldn't even consider my amputation the worst of what I've been through. I would say the years prior to amputation were my worst years and they were tough. I mean, mentally, emotionally, and physically, they were tough on me. And that whole time I was also homeschooling my boys. So you can imagine what life must've been like for our house from 2013 to 2018 when I was homeschooling, but I was spending a lot of my time in surgery, recovering from surgery, staying in hospitals and going to physical therapy all week long. 
and my boys came out on top. They really did. They are amazing kids with young men, um, with empathy for people and their struggles. So there is good that comes from it in all aspects, but not that it wasn't a hard road. Now, a lot of people have asked, and, and you see a lot of things that are floating around um, social media, and that is why I'm taking a second day to discuss phantom pains. It, again, I will say, and I've said this almost every episode, there is no normal when it comes to your medical situation. You are unique to what you are going through. But when you get an amputation, one thing that's a common thread is is phantom pain. Some people will say, oh, I don't get it. I don't get it. But they eventually could. Um, point in case, um, my prosthetist, he is uh, also an amputee. And he um, he just all of a sudden, out of, after, I don't know, 20, 21, 22 years, he's recently just gotten some phantom pains. Out of the blue, they came on. And, you know, it's, it's like none of us are safe. So then the question becomes, how do you handle them? And there is a million different remedies out there that people talk about. So I thought last week I discussed my faith a lot. Um, I have to be completely transparent. That is what drove me through my whatever eight years or whatever of going through all of this. If I didn't have a faith that there was something bigger than me out there caring for me and watching over me, I probably would not have made it emotionally through all that I've been through. And I have actually come out stronger in the other side. And I am, I'm proud of myself for that. But it, I, I know that I wasn't alone in that journey. For those of you that aren't a believer of that, or you believe in a higher power, but not necessarily maybe God, I will tell you that there are so many different therapies out there and things you can do, but I have yet to hear anybody say this works, period, hands down. And not just for them, but it they have got other people that have said this works for me, this works for me. That is why there are so many remedies out there because everyone is trying everything. What works for me? And I say, hey, do this, this works. That is not true. That's why I never put my two cents in on anybody's questions on how do you get rid of phantom pain. It is all a process and it all is all our own journeys. I have gone through several things besides the fact that I talked about my faith. One of the things that I was always, always, always trying to get away from was pain medication and opioid use. Uh, you know it's taboo, opioids. You hear the doctors talk about it. They've made it so very hard to receive opioids to help you with pain management. But I had been on some form of pain medication since 2013 until 2018. And quite frankly, once you've been on something for quite a while, your body gets accustomed to it and it's not strong enough. And then when you go through like, I think I had like eight, nine, 10 surgeries, I don't even know anymore you've got to shift it up and you've got to um, do something different because, you know, it's not that I had one surgery and I used pain medication for eight years or whatever. I had different surgeries. And when you come out from a full on knee replacement or a knee revision, uh, you need pain medication. You, there's no way aspirin's going to cut it. And then amputation, forget about it. Right now, 
there are different, different things to think about here. First off, most people don't want to be on pain medication. Quite frankly, you have to understand your own body and your ability to stay away from addiction and what that will entail. Some people have a hereditary background, a historical background in their family for addiction. And if that's you, you need to be very careful with what you're taking because you don't want to get caught up in that. Other people will use things like CBD or CBD oils, things like that. I've tried to just stay away from that. Just again, I think maybe more because I don't want to be taking anything ever, but also just, I know that people will tell me, you know, it's not what it is. It's not taking marijuana or whatever, but I still feel the connection there. And in my mind, that doesn't feel, make me feel better. So I've stayed away from that. Before my surgery, my amputation, because I was in so much pain before we even started talking about amputation, I had gone to my pain management doctor. We had been doing pain meds, pain meds, pain meds. I'd been doing injections. I've been doing everything you could possibly do to help someone with pain. Until we finally decided to try a neurotransmitter. Now, a neurotransmitter is basically if you've been at PT and they put those sticky pads on your joint or wherever you're getting therapy and they turn up a dial and it kind of gives you like, not zaps, because that's, that's not, you're not getting shocked, but it gives you um, a sensation and it's supposed to help with swelling and blood flow and things like that. That's kind of what a neurotransmitter is, except the scary thing, at least for me when I first put it in was it goes into your, um, into your, like your vertebrae, like into your um, spinal column. And for mine, mine's a DRG, which is a dorsal root ganglion. And it is literally a, a battery pack about, I don't know, two inches by one and a half inches in, in uh, length and width and about, I don't know, half an inch deep. And they open up, make a pocket, and they kind of stick that battery. I feel like the Energizer Bunny. So those of you that wonder, where do I get all the energy? Maybe it's the battery pack. But they put this battery pack in this little pouch in your skin. It's in the lower portion of my back. And then they run a couple wires to the dorsal root ganglion, which are the little tiny fleshy pieces of spinal column that come off from the main spinal cord. And they put two probes in there. And basically once you turn it on and I have a little iPod for it and everything, it sends continual signals to those dorsal root ganglion to stop any pain receptors running up to my brain, signaling pain and running back down. It's supposed to stop it in its tracks before it hits my brain so that I don't sense pain. Well, like almost everything else I tried in those years of going through this, it really didn't work. But I kept it in because my pain management doctor knew we had toyed with the idea that maybe in the future there might be amputation. He said it is like a number one pain reliever, natural pain reliever for amputees to deal with phantom pain. So I thought, well, I better keep it in because I don't know what my future holds. Well, to make a really long story a little bit shorter, the only two times I've ever turned this DRG off was for my amputation 
and for an MRI this last year when, when I was trying to find out about my neuroma. When I turned it off to, to have my amputation, directly after having the amputation, I came home and I turned it back on. And I will tell you whether or not, because I wouldn't know any different, it, I think, stimulated phantom pain like no other. I was fine a couple days in the hospital. When I got home, I turned it on. And for four weeks solid, I had unbearable phantom pain. I mean, unbearable. It got to the point where when you go four weeks, four weeks, like day and night, you think it will never end. Like you're sitting there going, is there a light at the end of this tunnel? Because it sure doesn't feel like it. Well, I will tell you, I went back in, they adjusted it. We, we brought down the level. It was too high and it was overstimulating me. So we turned it down and then I dealt with it and it seemed to be fine. But when I went back this last fall to get an MRI, we had to turn it off. We did a special MRI because I'm not supposed to have one. I don't want it being ripped out of my skin. And so I had to do a special MRI, but we had to turn it off just for safety Directly after that MRI, I turned it right back on, right there in the office. And again, I went three, four weeks solid of phantom pain. Now, I could try to explain it to you, but if you're not an amputee, or even some of you that are amputees, you don't get it till you go through it. You will never, ever be able to totally understand what it does to your mind, what it does to your body and your emotions because you're so heightened and you're so frustrated. When you have a pain in your body, if I scrape my elbow, there's things I can do, right? I can, I can rub it. I can put ice on it. I can take care of it. I can touch it. I can do things for it. When you're dealing with phantom pain and it feels like I have my foot, but I can't touch my foot to make it feel better. That becomes a real emotional problem because there is nothing that seems to take it away. Thus, the reason why everybody's like, well, try CBD oils or, you know, do this or take this pain medication, gabapentin, things like that. I will tell you, I've tried them all. And quite frankly, after my TMR surgery, I got rid of the one major pain I was having, but there was still another nerve pain. And my um, plastic surgeon, who did an awesome job, said, you know what, unless I reconstruct the whole thing, I don't know if I'll be able to fix you totally. It could make it worse. But what you could do is go back on things like gabapentin or tramadol, I think, or something like that. And I just said, for how long? And he goes, well, forever. Yep, you had me at forever. Not doing it. I'm not doing it. I would rather go through phantom pain than get back on anything that will eventually destroy my kidneys or my liver or my stomach lining. I'm I'm just not going to do it. So last week I discussed how I use illusion and distraction because quite frankly, and that's why I labeled it abracadabra, I am a type A personality. I do not sit around. I love books. I cannot sit down and read a book because I just have way too much energy. And so that really works for me. Does it actually take away phantom pain? No, but it does distract my mind from thinking about it. The more you think about it or talk about it, the worse it feels. So 
If you didn't catch last week's episode, in a nutshell, that's what I was talking about. But I really think you should listen to it because it did delve into my faith and how I believe what I go through is um, something I must go through. It's my journey. Now, for this week, I talked about my DRG, my dorsal root ganglion neurotransmitter that's in my back. I do not have it on currently. After that last episode of turning it on, I actually had to talk to the company who makes it and they said, turn it off, just turn it off. You need to give it at least a week or so to see if maybe you're better off without it. And since that, and that was November of last year, I have not turned it back on. So I literally have this box under my skin and you can see it because I lost a bunch of weight since I had it put in. It literally sticks out. So if I'm in my bathing suit or whatever, it totally sticks out. You see this nice big square in the back of my back. So I'm leaving it in for now because I'm afraid if I take it out, I may need it. And I know my insurance would not want to do it again because I actually pulled out the two prongs uh, because I moved too much right after the first time I had the surgery. So they actually had to go in and do a revision on it. And my insurance fought that for a little bit, but we got it. So we're just going to leave it in for right now and see what happens. Because I know that I'm going to have good days and bad days with phantom pain. Now, moving on from there, besides the fact that I use distraction a lot to get through phantom pain, and I have my neurotransmitter, which I'm not using currently, but I do know people that have said it has worked for them. That is something that my pain management doctor put in. So if you are curious about it, go see a pain management doctor. Talk about a neurotransmitter. That might be helpful. Obviously, there's always medication. The problem with medication is, do you really want to be on something for the rest of your life? Because it may not make you feel all the way good up here or inside, and it might inhibit living your best life. And that's not what I'm about. I want you to live a natural, whole, best life ever scenario. And there's got to be a better way. So you've got all these different avenues. I worry about when people go just to medication because maybe it helps some people and that's great. I hope it does. But I just, I worry about the long-term effects and just always, like I said, the basis of this show is really to advocate. Make sure that you're an advocate for yourself. Empower, be empowered to do your own research, to talk to several different health professionals, don't just go by one doctor's thoughts or opinions because they all do have very different trains of thinking depending on who you go to. But please, please, please know everything before you go into any pain meds. Okay. It's just, it can be very frightening. Now, one of the other things, well, there are other things like people have used mirror therapy. I don't know if you've heard of that, but mirror therapy, uh, it didn't work for me of course. But I did one of those long mirrors, like a really cheap dorm mirror um, that you can get like a Target or Walmart. And you put it for me, because I'm missing a leg, I put it between my legs so that I saw my right full leg. And then the mirror was actually facing my full leg, reflecting it. And then I kind of sat to an angle a little bit. So it looked like I had two full legs. And then what you do is you're supposed to um, move your good leg, your full leg around, move your toes, move everything and kind of visualize that that is your left 
leg or your missing limb moving. So basically what it comes down to is training your brain to rewire. I mean, if you think about it, a lot of people have don't become an amputee till later on in life, right? A lot of us will deal with um, an accident later in life or like diabetes or cancer. And your body's wired for that leg. And that's why we feel these phantom pains. So you have to do that consistently. It's not like I'm going to do it for five minutes today and I should be better, right? No. And I probably, that's probably why it really didn't do much for me because I don't sit well for very long. So to sit and do that over and over and over again, I just couldn't do it. So that's more on my impatience and my uh, inability to just sit still long enough to feel the effects. But that is another natural way to try to curb, maybe a good way to curb at the moment uh, phantom pains. Like if I'm right now in the middle of phantom pains, that might be something I want to do right now. But occasionally we get phantom pains when we're out and about, you know. The other thing I have found, and some people find this very odd, is that if you're in the middle of experiencing these pains, don't take your leg off thinking your leg needs a break from your socket. It's actually, for me at least, and like I said, a lot of this, I can I can only speak, because I'm not a medical professional, I can only speak from my experience. If my leg is not on, I'm actually worse off. I need to have the comfort and the security of my socket fitting my leg and, and moving and doing, because if my leg is off, then that means I'm not really active. I can't be that active because I'm with crutches. So I keep it on. I keep my leg encased in my socket. And that seems to, to help me as well. And then it goes along with the same respect of, well, now that I got my leg on, I can go and do things, which gives me the distraction that I need. So it's kind of hand in hand. Um, the other thing, so the other thing is that when you are dealing with these phantom pains, you just, you, you've got to stay in a positive mindset. Like I said, it is really retraining your brain. And if you aren't trying to remind yourself, your body, that there is no more limb there, um, you're, you're, it's, it's going to be a downward spiral. You're just not going to be able to handle it in at nighttime when my leg is actually off and I do get hit with maybe some buzzing or something that's the sharp pain that makes me kind of flinch. I have to sometimes reach down and feel my, my leg to signal my brain. Don't forget there is nothing there. You can't feel your foot because look at, you have nothing. So I actually physically touch my residual limb. I have to, because I have to sometimes, especially in the dark, when it sure feels like when I'm laying in bed that I have two feet, I have to remind myself if my foot is burning or buzzing or sharp, sharp shooting pains happen, I have to physically remind myself by touching my residual limb and going over the end of it, that there is nothing else down there. And that does actually help a little bit, but again, it's temporary. I think that, um, you know, the best thing that truly has worked for me is, is the idea of distraction. And, and, and actually my very first PT that came to my house right after I came home from my amputation, I would tell him about the pain I was feeling. He was like, ah, don't, don't talk about it. 
Don't be talking about it. The more you talk about it, the more real it becomes, the more real it becomes, the harder it is to get rid of it. So I believe that the problem is, is sometimes your family needs to kind of know what you're going through because really severe phantom pains will adjust your attitude, right? No matter how good you are and no matter how patient you may be and no matter how focused and centered you can make yourself, you are eventually going to lash out at somebody because your body can only take so much. And because phantom pains are extremely real for amputees, doesn't mean they are a physical pain that you can just easily get rid of. Um, you know, I, I tell people it's, it's kind of a horrible example. I hate talking about it, but a lot of the times, like even right now, as I'm speaking to you, I feel my foot. It feels like I've been sitting on, on the toilet for too long. That's exactly what it feels like. And then I'm going to get up. Now, the, the ironic part of that is when I do finally get up and start walking on it and I still feel it, I have a real hard time putting my foot down as if my foot is numb. Yet there is nothing down there. It's just metal and plastic. So I shouldn't worry about tripping but it really still does affect the same way it would if you lost circulation in your leg and all of a sudden your feet were tingling and you and you had that that pinched nerve kind of feel and you, you struggle with walking because it hurts every step. That's kind of part of phantom pain. It's not all it is. There's a lot more to it um, and a lot more pain can be involved. I tell people a lot of times they say, do you have phantom pain? I will say I have phantom sensation probably if I thought about it, probably 24 seven, there's always phantom sensation. And I do believe that we are created that way because I think if I didn't know that there was a foot there, I would have a hard time walking on something that I can't actually feel, if that makes sense. So I think that that's almost our way of being able to sense that when I step through with my prosthetic, that a foot is there. Because it, it, where my prosthetic foot is, is where I feel it's really weird to be sitting here with my knee bent. My foot is exactly where it feels like it is. And it's just burning and tingling right now. When I stand up, I feel like I'm going to stumble because I feel like my foot's falling asleep. And I just have to get rolling again. And it doesn't take it away. So that's phantom sensation. In my book, that's phantom sensation. The feeling of, of a limb that's really not there, but it's letting you know it's kind of still there. And then you have phantom pain. And yes, I have felt that. And I understand if you've been going through it, I get it. It can drive you absolutely batty. And especially in the middle of the night when you're trying so hard to go to sleep and it wakes you up or won't let you fall asleep. I don't even know. I'm still trying to figure that out myself, how to deal with those moments. I've only had two really bad episodes of that. One lasted, I think three evenings where, I, I mean, it was all day long, but of course I keep myself busy and I just dealt with it even though it was driving me nuts. It's at night when you take off your leg, it gets dark, it's quiet and you're left only with yourself and your brain and your brain won't shut down. And it was literally, I was jumping in bed. I was so afraid I was going to wake my husband up because it was, it would hit so hard. Like 
like a, a bolt of lightning and it would just make me jump in bed. Well, and I tried so hard to forget it. And I'm like, stop thinking about it. Think of something else. Think of something else. And the only reason I got any sleep on any of those nights is if you've ever been so tired and you just, your body just shuts down. And that's the only reason I got sleep those couple nights, but it was horrible sleep. And unfortunately, not like a bad dream. When you wake up, it is still there. So it doesn't just go away because you fell asleep and it's not like a whole restart switch in your body that says, okay, I'm awake. Let's start over, start from scratch. I'm feeling good. It, you wake up and you're like, oh, it's still happening. And you might be walking around and you just, oh, you just, there are times when I've audibly gasped and it hurts so bad. My husband's like, what's wrong? You know, phantom pain, like sharp shooting phantom pain. So as much as there's really no good remedy, you've really got to try different avenues. And I would say do research. If you throw something out there to a bunch of strangers who are amputees and say, hey, what do you guys do for phantom pain? It's good to get a variety of answers and you will. But just be careful. Know yourself, know your body, you know yourself better than anyone, even the doctors. They may have a PhD in the human body, but not your body. And you have to know right from wrong. I am choosing to go natural. I am choosing not to go on pain meds because I don't want to go there again. I want to be me. I want to feel good. I don't want anything, uh, you know, ruining my internal organs. I don't want anything helping me gain weight or, or make me even lose more weight. Um, I don't, I just don't want to, I did have one episode and I will tell you about, I have never, ever taken too many pain meds. As a matter of fact, I tried not to, I would go a couple days, even after my amputation, I think one week out and I got off everything. I didn't want to be on anything anymore. And I have not been back on anything since then. But there was one time and it was a medicine that I'd already taken from a prior surgery. But this one, I don't know if it was a bad batch or what. I was taking half a pill once I was starting to feel the pain, which they say don't do because then you're behind the pain. But I was dealing with it. And I was okay with that because it wasn't right the day after surgery. It was a few days later. And I was taking a half a pill maybe at six hours. Uh, overnight would wait until I woke up the next morning and was woke up with pain. So take a half a pill then. And then all of a sudden one day I woke up and I was sick to my stomach. And I was so sick. It was after a knee replacement because I was using a walker and I was trying to get to the bathroom quickly because I was going to throw up. And then I wasn't sure my stomach was so upset. And it was kind of like, you know, what's going to happen here, up or down? I didn't know what was going to happen. I was in the worst pain I have ever felt in my life. But it wasn't pain from my surgery. It was body pain and cravings. And I realized after I got through it that that must be what an addict feels like when they go without. I was sweats and and cold. I was nauseous. I had just a, a, just a really bad upset stomach. I was moaning and I'm not kidding you. When I tell you it started about 5 30 AM and did not end till about 10 30 PM. 
nonstop laying in bed, curled in a ball, then running to the bathroom. And I say running lightly, walker. And my husband's like, be careful. You don't need to trip and fall. And I was like, I don't even care. It was so bad. I'd I just felt like I'd rather die than go through that. So bad that I had my husband call 911. And when the ambulance did come, they just said, this is like a withdrawal symptom, even though you're not in withdrawal and you're not doing anything wrong. You either have to finish it up and go through what you're going through or get back on it and wean off it very slowly and gradually. It was by far the worst experience in all the years of surgeries that I've ever had in my life. And I really did think I was going to die. Thus, the reason I stay away from pain meds. I had no control over that. That was an internal physiological response that my body had, not my mind, not my thinking. My body went through that and it took me for a complete loop. So please be careful with what you take and how often you take it. It, it is real. It is scary. Um, I wouldn't wish that on my worst enemy. So I hope that there was something in all of this, whether it's distracting yourself last week's conversation, whether it is checking out what a neurotransmitter might do to help you. And if your insurance covers it, talk to a pain management doctor about that. Whether it's, you know, if you want to take the route of a CBD or CBD oil or um, doing any kind of pain meds, I, you know, try mirror therapy. My goal would be for you is to empower you to mentally get through phantom pains. Even when they're at their worst, they will not last. They come and they go. They ebb and they flow. They go mountaintops to valleys. Sometimes you have to ride it out just to get through it. But you've got to find a way to maneuver that. And you can do it. I know you can. But you have to be solid. You have to find things that will keep you busy and active. And I know it seems against all your thinking to put your leg on when you're feeling them. But truly, I believe that that is a huge help to certain phantom pains. Now, if you have a serious nerve issue and they are hitting your socket, that's what I was dealing with. That's why I finally had to have that TMR surgery in December of last December because I had an, I had an aroma that was um, symptomatic and it was just killing me. I could barely walk because every time my socket hit my back of my femur, I was just irritating that neuroma. So that's different. But when you're talking just phantom pains where you're feeling the sensations, the buzzing, the burning, um, like sharp glass, sometimes it's just, it is unbearable. Find something to distract yourself. Go do something fun. Be with people. Don't be alone in your own head, especially in the midst of it all. You, you shouldn't be alone. Try to figure out something. Even if it's a phone call to someone, if you can't be face-to-face, -face, phone call someone, Zoom somebody, um, put on a good movie, something that will make you laugh. Do something. Get outside in the fresh air. But please, just be active. You know, not only will you reap the benefits by getting your mind off of it, if you're active, you're also going to get the physical benefits. And then when you go out and you do something active, then you're going to release the, the happy and the good hormones that will help you cope better. But if you sit around and, and have a pity party or think about it 
or dredge it up and talk to people about it. I'm, oh, I'm struggling. I'm struggling. I hate this. I hate this. This sucks. This is never going to go away. All those negative thoughts are going to feed that monster and you don't need it. It's already a battle. Stay positive. Talk positively. That was a couple episodes where I said positive self-talk is huge. And it is something you really need to make sure you try to keep with because it does make a difference. Just, you know, we talk to the, our students about this, our kids. If they're going to beat themselves up over how stupid they are, how ugly they are, well, how are they ever going to feel happy or good about themselves? They have to start changing their talk. And if they don't, they're going to get themselves into a really depressed hole. And I know too many APTs that are there. They're frustrated by the fit of their socket. They're frustrated by the phantom pains. They thought, especially if there's someone like me, where we thought electively getting rid of our leg might make life better. Yes, my life is so much better and fuller and I'm happier for it. But that doesn't mean I'm free from pain. So that's why I do these episodes. Sorry, I got an itch on my lip. I do these episodes because I want you to understand the reality of it. I am taking the bull by the horns. I want to live my life. I chose this path, not so I could find another negative that's happening in my life. Phantom pains stink. They do. I don't like them. I don't wish them on anybody, but they are a part of amputation. So if you're struggling and dealing and amputation becomes an, an option, please do not think that you are going from problem to solution. You will still have other things that will happen. So you need to make sure that your mental game and your emotional game are in check and you're ready to take this on head on because you are going to still have your ups and downs. You're going to still have your struggles. Question is, is it better than it was before? For me, hands down, so much better. I wasn't able to bike or hike or ski or anything. I couldn't even walk to the mailbox. Now I do all that plus. I, I'm happy. I'm healthy. I'm mentally healthy. I'm emotionally healthy. I'm physically healthy. I am in a much better place. Does that mean I'm free from pain? No. Every day I have phantom sensations, phantom pain. Every day. But compared to what I dealt with, I can handle this. Some days I feel like I can't. Some days are really bad. But like everything in life, there are, you know, the, the ebbs and the flows. It's it, You're going to have good and bad. And it's just a matter of how you approach those days that are bad. You think of the best. You think of the positive. You think why you did this. You think, how am I going to get through this? And you think of all the positives and you move on from there. I hope this helps. If you have questions about phantom planes, pains, please feel free to reach out to me. You can DM me on Facebook. You can DM me in Instagram. Um, I believe that on both of those, I have an email at um, bawarrior360 at gmail.com. You can email me questions. Um, I would love to find out if there are questions you have and bring on some professionals again to discuss this and how they see patients handling it. But remember, you are the professional for your own body. What do you need and how will this help? So call to action for this week. Wow. I mean, there could be a million. Figure out how you're going to deal with it. 
what can you handle doing? I, I have to believe that when you're dealing with your phantom pains and your issues, that you can push through by being active. I really do. I don't know what it is you love to do, but find something you love to do and go at it, especially in the midst of phantom pains. Just go, just get out, just get it done. Do not just sit around. I do not think phantom pains are going to be acceptable to someone who likes to sit and read a book. That's my, my thought. I just, if I sat and had the book in front of me, I would be very distracted by the pain I was feeling. So I get out and I find distractions. I get outside. It's all about, for me, it's all about distractions, 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 in case you didn't know. But if I get outside, I have birds that distract me and the, all these butterflies that we have lately. I don't know if where you're at, you're seeing them, but wow, we've had with all the rain, yep, in the desert, all the rain we've had this monsoon season, we have hundreds upon hundreds of butterflies. I don't think I've ever seen that many in Arizona. So those things, everything like that distracts me. Taking my dog for a walk. Um, sometimes it's as simple as, you know, get in the car and go for a drive, get some good music on. I love my music. My music has helped me through good and bad times. Um, it really speaks to my heart and my soul. And I need that to know I'm not alone. And then go get a Starbucks or something. Go get a coffee and just do something special for yourself. Change your thinking, change where you're at in your mind and move forward. So I hope this helped you. I hope that you find some remedy. And if you do, please share it with me. I want to hear what you're trying. You probably have something I haven't even heard about or thought about. I'm just going with what I've used and what has helped me deal. Does it get rid of it? No. I don't know if there really is anything that can rewire the brain we have that's used to having all of our limbs and sending signals. I don't know if we can totally and fully rewire our brain forever. I think there are always going to be moments where it breaks through and it gets confused and the signals get crossed. And if that's the case, you need to have you need to have tools in your back pocket on how to handle those moments. And like I said, even for my prosthetist, 20 years down the road and wham, this week he wrote me, he goes, wow. He goes, I was hit and hit hard. Well, if you're not used to it, he probably doesn't have a many tools in his back pocket either. So I told him, you know what? Keep your leg on. And he goes, you know, I, it's probably what I should have done. You, you don't know until you've gone through it. So I hope this helped you. I hope this finds you in a good place. I hope you're doing well and you're making the most of the way life has turned out for you. Only you can decide the journey you are on whether it's going to go positive or it's going to go negative, it's all up to you. It's the way you decide you're going to handle all the cards you're dealt. And I really hope you try to deal with them in a positive way. And always know that you're not alone. There are so many of us out there that are struggling and dealing with things like this every single day. You are not the only one. And if you see an amputee or somebody that's really been sick or going through problems, having a great day, it's probably that just that they're having a great day and they're like shouting from the rooftops. But remember, we all have the bad days. We all have the struggles. It is okay to cry it out sometimes. It's okay to get angry about it sometimes. Just don't linger there. It doesn't help you. It's not going to be a positive, healthy 
lifestyle to stay in a negative space. So, like always, until next time, please be healthy, be happy, be you.